Greetings, skips and skipperettes from all across the wild and untamed wasteland known as Internet Land. Welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Now, Seattle is a wondrous and magical place, unexplored by humans, and home only to mysterious savages and terrifying Sasquatch. In my adventuring there, I found few traces of civilization, but I did come across an outpost of skippers in the wild green yonder. So today I sit down with Skipper Cat. Uh, Cat and I worked during the mid-aughts. Maybe it was 1905, maybe it was 2005. I'm not entirely clear on that, one or the other. Cat's a fellow nerd, so we kind of nerd out a bit during this episode. We also celebrate the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, and therefore this episode touches on birds. Nerds. Birds. Get it? Now, Kat was also a member of the Dream Squad during the 50th anniversary of Disneyland, and she shares some really cool insights into what it was like to work at the park at that time and what it was like to share that magic. So now this wraps up the Seattle podcast for the most part. Uh, We do have one more that we're having some editing issues with, and I'll try to get it to you as soon as possible, but it may be a few weeks. Now, I realize it's been a few episodes since we talked about our good friends Joey and Trevor. Now, two nicer guys I have never known, so make sure you check out their podcast, Joey and Trevor Talk to Each Other. Uh, We're all over on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, so make sure you new listeners join us uh, as well over at Facebook at facebook.com slash junglecruisecrews. Now, if you're a skip or you know a skip that might want to appear on the podcast, please shoot us a message at junglecruisews at gmail.com. All right, on with the show, my friends. Season 2, Episode 26. Nerd birds. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. We got everything you want, and honey, we know the name. You're the people that can find whatever you may need If you got the money, honey, we got your disease In the jungle, welcome to the jungle What should bring you to your knees? I wanna watch you bleed Relationships, I've helped a couple articles The one that I'm, like, hating right now Have you seen the... The t-shirt, the, the dad t-shirt that's been floating around where it's like, uh, rules for dating my daughter. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. And it's just like, I'm, I'm reading that, I'm like, okay, she's my princess, not your conquest. You know, it's, um, I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm reading this and I'm going, okay, A, what does it say about your trust with your own daughter that you need to have a warning label to scare off any guy that she's with? You know, and I have a big problem with t-shirts in general, like like using t-shirts as a medium. I kid you not, I had a t-shirt walk into my office that is a woman on her backside, red shirt, gold print, said golden arches on it, or it said I'm loving it. Woman on her backside, legs spread. With the legs up, like the M, the yeah, M for the legs? Yeah, like the M for the legs. Yeah. Well, as long as she's loving it. You know. <laughs> I don't know that she was. He might have been, well, but she I don't and, know that she was. Quite frankly, as long as he was a Big Mac. <laughs> I don't uh, know that he was. He didn't double dip. 
Uh, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was more of a small fry, is that what you're saying? Um, he was more of an asshole. That's okay. what he was. What, I can't. I, uh, Don't he, mince the words there. So. Exactly. No, no. He was a, a grimace. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was a big grimace on your face. It was. Yeah. No. Um, um, but but they were like like. Do you really expect people to take you seriously when you wear something oh, that... Oh, yeah, I'm amazed at, at the the guy. Now, let's just say, when you say t-shirt culture, you're not saying, like, nerd shirts. No, 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 no. no you're saying the, the kind of guys who are going to buy this shirt that they see at a truck stop. That they think is or, a totally rockin' message, and then they wear it in public, and they expect to be taken seriously. Yeah, and they wonder why they're not getting dates or laid. <laughs> laid or, or decent conversation or being shot down by the police or any of those things. Yeah, little small things like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but no, I mean, so the, there's this shirt, and it's got all of this stuff on it, which is like, you know, all of these really asshole things uh, that dads say to... And I just got to say, boyfriend. everyone who has shared this on Facebook, everyone who has, has, has bought one of these shirts, take a second and look at yourself and what you're saying. And it's really... Because, like, some of my friends have. I'm not going to name names, but, you know, um, but some of my friends have, have put this shirt up there. And I'm like, you guys are really... Okay, so first of all, there's no respect or trust for the daughter. Right. There's no respect or trust for your own parenting skills that you would raise a daughter that you would that she would need this shirt. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And for the most part, it's it's an affirmation that the dad probably felt that way about girls when he was young and he's trying to make up for it or he still feels that way about women. There was, there was a bigger and he doesn't one. want his and he doesn't want his daughter to be part of this culture. Right. But the reality of it is, is that he was that way when he was young. The, my dad had uh, a written write up because you know he was part of that whole like everybody share all your stuff on AOL, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so there was a larger one that was like can you run in a serpentine fashion? Yeah. Um, that's all the same thing. These right, are all the same oh, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but I did like the the if you pull up to my driveway and honk a horn, you better be dropping something up. And you're not picking anything up because your shoes hell aren't picking anything up. You know, like like because I, like I would say that that yeah, you know, like you don't want a guy who's going to come up to the door and honk a horn to pick up his date. Yeah, having said that, because that's just avoiding the parents and all it's that. Very, it's very much avoiding the parents. But you don't know. It could be running late, or I mean, there could be you know. But that's just an attitude thing. That's you know? very true. But but it's like I said, it, it speaks not only to how you view uh, you view your daughter and son or any potential people that are out there. Right. But it's also so how you view women in general. Oh yeah. Because. You wouldn't think that way if you weren't already knee deep in the rape culture stuff. So, Very and terrible. if I end up keeping any of this, this is a great five minute intro into an episode. <laughs> I plan on. Why not? Right. Yes. Um, good sound check. We're good. Good yeah, sound check. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hi guys. Welcome to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. I've recorded so many episodes up here in Seattle, and I don't know which ones I'm going to use in which order or how long they will be. So there's no episode number. <laughs> Read the podcast tag. You'll figure it out. Uh, sitting up here um, with uh, my good friend from the days gone by in 2008, uh, Skipper Cat. And Cat, you want your last name on here since you're working for the government? We'll just call it Skipper Cat. We'll just go with Skipper Cat for right now. We'll just go with Skipper Cat. Cat's been a friend of mine for the last five years since we worked at Disneyland. We were compadres in the break room and got into mischief and we did in-between soup runs and all the great things you do at Disney. Right, yes. So, but yeah, no, so she heard that I was going to be up here in Seattle and she basically said, why didn't I get invited to the beer fest? (laughs) Basically. And to the drunken, uh, which... Orgy, which I missed out on. (laughs) Luckily, they were all guys who were much younger generation, a different generation than you, so it would have been weird to have you there anyway. Okay, okay, fair enough. And yeah. none of them were good enough for you. Oh, that's good. Because, you know, you have to have these uh, rules for skippers who date my, my friend. 
And uh, <laughs> rule, num- intro, yeah. rule number one, you got to have a T-shirt that says how much of an a-hole you are. <laughs> right, right. These guys are not good enough for you. I mean, one's one's married, one's engaged, and uh, the other one's a great guy, but he's not your type. So okay. So it's okay anyway. You got a guy. I do. You got a guy. He's pretty awesome. So, not a Disney guy, thank goodness. Yes, no, not a Disney guy, thank God. So, you've been up here for a couple of years in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I have. Uh, We are at the Seattle Center. I love when I can say where I'm taping. (laughs) So many, So many of our previous episodes were like, we're taping in a secret location. It's a bunker. (laughs) When in all reality, it's at Disneyland. Right, yes. At at the Trader Sam's. I'm sad you're going to miss my birthday this year. Uh, We're going to, my 42nd birthday. I heard it's Hitchhiker's Guide, Hitchhiker's to, the Guide to the Galaxy themed. Yes. Everyone's going to come wearing a, a bathrobe and a towel. Or I'm trying to find a second head second, so I can do a yeah, Zaphod. That would be nice. Have a second head there. Second head. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. I know uh, a modeling guy. We might be able to make this work. Oh, no, you could go to, there's a puppet guy who does puppets for, like, your yeah. shoulder. You should check him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like how they, I mean, Disney did an okay job. Since, hey, let's tie this in the Disney, <laughs> kind right. of. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, Disney's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Uh, which, if anyone doesn't know, was actually produced by Disney under a, one of, one of their, their many, labels. Yeah, right. one of their labels. But they weren't, they weren't proud enough, so they threw it out. Under, I think it was Touchstone. Oh, yeah, might have been. I don't know. I don't know what it was under, but they, oh, there's a dude on the bike at the fountains. Nice. It's actually doing tricks. It's kind of cool. He's riding around like hardcore. Oh, yeah, around the bowl? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. Got some there. Super exciting. Uh, so anyway, so Disney did the Hitchhiker's Guide, and it, it actually is Disney. They don't put any label on it. We're not going to see a sequel because they butchered it. Right. Well, and the, isn't one of the ships out in Orlando in their junkyard? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, yeah, no, it was uh, Martin Freeman who's now gone on to Sherlock and the, uh, the I'm Sorry That This Came Out, The Hobbit. Um, really? You didn't like The Hobbit? I was not happy. I was not loving The Hobbit at all. It was. It should have been a 90-minute movie, and it's going to be uh, almost two. four hours, yeah. four and a half hours. I saw the first edition out here in the IMAX. Yeah, and they're going to have two more. And I, I have friends who were excited about it, and I... I couldn't be less excited if Disney had turned it into a musical version of The Hobbit. Oh, really? I oh. mean, I just... Like, stick a princess in there and... <laughs> make it a love story. Make it a love story, you know, and then the girl has to get rescued because she's powerless and weak and... Right. And the, the girl is actually smog. It's right. actually... The dragon is the girl. Yes, and she's Bilbo, been trapped in Bilbo the... Bilbo has yeah. to rescue the dragon, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it... Um, I, I didn't love it, and I know there's people of my friends who are so Lord of the Rings fanatic... Um, and it's like, oh, we're we're venturing back in this world. We're seeing these people who were in the first movies who weren't mentioned in the first you know, Hobbit book ever. So, I I didn't like it. I thought it was the only thing that I was happy about was seeing uh, Sylvester McCoy, Doctor Who, uh-huh. uh, the the seventh Doctor as uh, hold on eighth Doctor, whichever one he was. Yes, I got seventh Doctor. I got okay. to get that right. Otherwise, Paul Horn will kick my ass. Uh huh. Um, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not as up on the Doctor Who. Apparently Richard and I are going to have to sit down and, and do and the have Doctor, a long, and Do- Doctor yeah. Who marathon well, the new, stuff. The new, Doctor Who, the new Doctor Who is much more accessible than the old stuff. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, so no, I wasn't, a big, the, I wasn't a big fan of The Hobbit. So I just, I don't know. I know people who are fanatical about it. I just thought it was kind of... That's on our next to read list. Um, yeah. I, I read to Richard in the car. So like yeah. I have no problem reading and he drives everywhere. So I have uh, The Hobbit on our digital books. And so I read when we go our trips to Seattle because we come to Seattle once or twice a month. Yep. 
And so since it's an hour car ride, you know, I read there and back, and and we so get you, a lot of reading done. You, you read there and back again, <laughs> right? Exactly, there and back. <laughs> there and back, yeah. So yeah. So um, so you were just give me your quick specs because I, I I think I spend too much time on the how did you hire in stories sometimes, and then it's half an hour into the, the taping. Okay. Uh, what was your on and off date, and where'd you work? I started. January 10th, 2006, on the steam trains. In August, I hired over two... Was steam, steam trains was an in-hire attraction? Yeah, apparently it was, yeah, because I in-hired, and then I ended up training a bunch of people there, so, like, it was a... Because oh. when I started training there, it was, became it was a crossover attraction, but it was a yeah. it was a hire-in attraction when I came in, because I hired in just before the, the contract rearrangement. The big so one they, where they went from 12, yeah. 12 paid holidays to four. Right, and, exactly, and all, and they were going from part-time to full-time and 24 hours and 25 hours and all that other fun stuff. So I hired in just before the big contract renegotiation, so they were really worried about, so we'd had a lot of managers and supervisors that were hiring in and, and contracting and all that other fun stuff. <coughs> Hacking up lungs. <coughs> So I hired in, to, in January, and then uh, the contract got negotiated in March. And then I hired, and then I went over to the jungle in um, August of that year. And it's pretty fast. Yeah, it was. It was actually pretty quick. I was, yeah. you know, on, um, well, trains. I think trains were, were going down. They were. They were going down so the following get, April. So had I had to get, get cross trained in something else. Had to, to get sure cross trained something else pretty quickly. Um, and then uh, I got. I became a guest control trainer right when they were revamping the whole process, and we lost. Uh, uh, downtown USA, and so we were just had Main Street, like we, so we lost that right there at the, the yeah. center. Yeah. Um, and the then, whole uh, hub area. Yeah, the, there you go, the hub area. Sorry, it's been a while. And then, um, <coughs> and then I went Dream Squad, like mm-hmm. the very the second season there. Just before I went Dream Squad, I got trained on the uh, the the cars, so the horse drawn street car and the fire truck, Main Street and vehicles, the, the Main Street vehicles. Yeah. Yep, and then um, well, you, the, you were one of the few girls who was working it at that time because, as I recall, uh, on the the horse drawn, there were a couple girl, uh, ladies who were working it. Right, though, because they um, play with horses. Women play with horses. Yeah, yeah, apparently, right, yeah. I wasn't going sexist on that. <laughs> I don't believe in you know. I need, I need a T-shirt to say that you have to date my horse at Disneyland. <laughs> Horse is my daughter, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there, was, there was a guest who liked the horses who flew around on the steam trains. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about that, and I don't want to get into too big of details, but there was a guest who um, was kind of a bane of all the girls at Jungle. Oh, yeah. Because he um, would ride, he would try to ride with female skippers. And at we, the very as, front. we, at the very front, he would always try to get in the front of the line. He had a guest assistance card. So he would come through the exit, so he would be logistically poised for that. And he would try to ride up near the front with the girls. And there were a couple female cast members who had developed some kind of a, a decent relationship with him riding with them. Most of the ladies who I knew were very uncomfortable with it. So I don't know that he ever rode with me. Whenever, yeah, whenever I would see him in the boats, I would, and there was a female cast member who didn't know, or you know, maybe what so I would swap out. But there were on at least two occasions he um, got a little friendly with his hand up up culottes. Um, the biggest issue, however, was at one point he was caught on Main Street masturbating a horse. Yes. Yep. One of the he was. Reaching down and giving the reach around to one of the Clydesdales yep. on Main Street, and he was uh, suspended from the park for like a year. And his mom is a lawyer for the ACLU. Oh God, that's why. And that's what it was. It was yeah. a gigantic lawsuit, and they he had tried to pull him permanently, and he's back. 
Because um, I he would ride next to me on the train. Yeah. So because that, that's how I knew him is because yeah. on when on uh, the holidays you had rode on the outside of the train and the cu- guests the customers could sit right there the guests could sit right there in front of you, and so it was very much like that's how I knew him is he would ride next to me on the train and I basically would spend the entire trip with my back to him yep. and ride. There were a lot of very uncomfortable horses. Oh, <laughs> very much so. Thank goodness they were only out on the street for a couple of hours. Well, the worst part was when Horace Horse Collar came out in costume. And that was... No, that didn't happen. But that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Yes, yes, it was. It's the only Disney horse character I can think of at this time. So, oh. um, Yeah, no, that was always... We always had to watch out. And you know, one of the great things about Jungle, and I think this was everywhere in the park, but particularly Jungle, is the guys took care of the girls. You know, there was never a point where if someone was uncomfortable or if there was an issue that there wasn't a, a male cast member wet ready to jump in yeah, you know, as immediately. Much, as much inappropriate joking that happened out on the dock, and there was a lot of inappropriate oh, joking. Oh, the sex, I mean, it, it bordered it on, on... Harassment on a regular... Qu- <laughs> well, it was high-quality sexual harassment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like uh, Skipper Nick it was, my, was my Jungle Cruise boyfriend. If he was in the boat, we, was, we would do that joke. The, the you know been a year i'm gonna ask her again cat you know you go out with me no nick for a corn dog no nick for uh what else did they sell me a churro no nick for a corn dog and a churro okay maybe all right you know it was very much you know like a nick and i did that over and over again it was like if he was on the dock and i was in the boat he would do it if i was he would pick some new stuff every time yeah absolutely oh that's so lovely somebody ran over a plate Okay. Yeah. Those were loud plates. <laughs> Just like at Disneyland, the craziness. Yeah. You know, one of the things I... Uh, but no, no, so uh, guys taking care of... I actually know um, uh, Skipper Frank. Do you remember Frank? Yeah, okay. Frank, okay. yeah. So Frank was... Um, there was a female skipper who was getting crap at height check at Thunder. Okay. And this guy was, like, really getting in her face. And... Uh, he was just like, you know, Frank steps in the middle of it and is like, is there a problem here? This guy's drunk or whatever. And he's like, get me. He's like, you can't do anything, Disney. You know, you know, you're just Disney. You're not going to do anything. <laughs> Frank takes his hand to his name tag, slides it off, throws it in the flower bed and says, I'm not Disney now. <laughs> and this, this dude is not someone you would want to mess with anyway. No, yeah, no. Uh, and I think he, he probably grew a foot and uh, 100 pounds to that guy at that moment. <laughs> yeah, right. And, okay. uh, yeah, guy backed down really fast on it. So, no, I think Jungle, all the guys took care of the girls. And sometimes some of the guys wanted to take care of the girls a little bit too much. <laughs> I'm sure. There were, there were some romances that blossomed in the heat and passion of the bamboo. Yes. Um, yes. Which were good. Yeah. Did you, 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 did you have a jungle romance? Did you? I did not have anyone in jungle that I particularly romanced for any extended period of time that needed romancing in the bamboo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there was definitely a lot of heavy flirting happening out on the well, dock. Yeah, and I think that was, I mean, that was part of the, the charm for us is that we had to pass the time. Oh, God. Uh, and it was fun. Oh, it was fun. We talked to the last one of the episodes we taped this week. We talked about Disney crushes. And, you know, it's all in good fun. And I think in any work environment, when you're working 50, 60 hours a week with people, you're on shuttles with them, you know, you're... Having lunch with having them. Lunch you're with making them. sure that you're doing breaks with them you're telling the same yeah. jokes over and over and over and over again there's a propensity to and i think skippers fall for like-minded or like-spirited people yeah you know i mean i know you have a current guy who's not disney is he is he sense of humor is good sense of humor is great um he's he's a uh, uh he does own a lot of disney um we uh he's a, he's a big um uh 
illustrated comic fan, yep. so like he does a lot of the web comics and things like that. And one of his famous or favorite artists um, currently animates for the My Little Ponies. See, now that's one I don't get. I yeah, gotta, I, I gotta I don't admit get, the My Little Pony thing. I don't get it at all. I don't get these middle-aged guys who are into the My Little Pony thing. And I don't know. Go to Comic Con. There's a lot of fifty-year-old guys that are dressed up like the ponies. Yeah, no. Yeah, and, and the girls and the yeah, no. I, I don't get it. I've seen the entire first episode or season. You know, like I'll admit I've watched it because I'm like, what the heck is all the hype about? I don't get I, it. I I feel the same way now. Once again, I think I might become an outcast by saying this. I don't get Adventure Time. Seen it. I don't. I, I, I don't want to watch it. Um, I I will admit that I just kickstarted a program by the guy who just wrote Adventure Time, um, and he did a to be or not to be uh, a choose your own adventure version of Hamlet, which sounded like a lot of fun. So I did kickstart his program. So I'm getting a digital copy or a hard a paperback copy yeah. of that when it comes out in a couple of months. But you know, like so. But I haven't actually sat down and watched Adventure Time. Yeah. Like I don't know anything about it. I I see no appeal there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that um, uh, the the summer Disney or the summer uh, uh, plays here at the the mm-hmm. Center House, the whole thing, it's all William Shakespeare, but they they're doing like abbreviated modern versions of it. Oh, okay. And I really think that they could have got a better. They should have called it Kill Bill. Okay. And it should have been all Shakespeare done with sword fights and, you know, ninjas and code well, names. Um, and... We, we, Richard and I went to the gala opening of the Seattle International Film Festival this year. Yep. So, um, and, uh, which is SIF, not SIF. Um, just to not confuse the other. And, uh, um, and it was uh, the Joss Whedon production of Much Ado uh, yeah, About Nothing. Much Ado. What did you think about it? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go see it all Wednesday with Richard. Yep. Um, yeah, again, because it was kind of fabulous. It's one of my favorite Shakespeare plays anyways. Yeah. Um, and I, it's really on my short list. It. It's on my short list. Oh, it's, it's fabulous. It's because it's a lot, you know, like it's straight up Shakespeare. Like yeah. there's no additions, modifications, anything else like that. There, there were a lot of Joss people in uh, man of steel. Oh yeah. I was actually, there were actually a lot of dollhouse people. Okay. Uh, there dollhouse. There's uh, two Battlestar Galactica people. Mm-hmm. There were two dollhouse people. Uh, oddly enough, one of the people was in both Dollhouse and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Man of Steel was interesting. There was there was a gem. Of, my theory on it is that Russell Crowe uh-huh. um, was like in negotiations. And I could see Russell Crowe in there. All right, I, I like the character that you're writing for me. I um, Superman's father, that's great. Uh, can I have a couple fight scenes? <laughs> Because I'm a badass, Australian, which I'm not doing an Australian accent. But can I get some fight scenes? So yeah. I, oh, and uh, maybe a suit of armor that then you can turn into a toy. Yeah, like I'm like they really. It's, he has this fight scene at the front of the movie. Apparently, Kryptonians are super advanced, but not enough that they can't uh, die within ten seconds from someone stabbing them in the stomach with a blade. Their their battle armor apparently great unless you get stuck with a piece of metal. Oh my god! I'm just like. Really? You, you guys can't figure out a better way to do that than he's going to get stuck with a sword in the abdomen through his armor and then suddenly die within seconds. Right, yes, because as humans, it takes us ten minutes to die from a stomach Well, wound. Kryptonians. Okay, so, right, you know, right, maybe, right, right. maybe that's their weakness. Right, exactly. So so the which, heart's in the stomach versus the chest, which, right? Which yeah. then you would think, let's put some more armor there. Right, exactly. <laughs> let's not make it the easiest place to penetrate with a sword. Okay, so so um, do you, have you heard of the... the um, 
Okay. So you you know this band. You don't know that you know it. Okay. Gaelic Storm. Okay. Okay. They are the band that plays in a steerage on the Titanic. Okay. They're an actual band. They they two touring. They're like Celtic bar. Sure. Songs, they're they're right? like yeah. uh, they're probably along those same lines as like um, uh, Epoxy Boggarts. Yeah. Yeah, same yeah. kind of a same, same kind, kind of, of a thing. crowd. They actually have a song um, called uh, "The Night I Punched Russell Crowe," because the the, the lead singer in the song in the band worked at a bar in L.A. And just after the movie "L.A. Confidential" came out, Russell Crowe walks into this bar and was smoking, and he tells the whole story in the song. Was smoking, and he's like, "Mr. Crowe, you got to put the cigarette out." L.A. It's crime to smoke inside. He's like. Not gonna happen. So he dogs Russell Crowe in the in the face. That's amazing. And the, the the chorus goes: "The closest I've come to ending up dead was the night that I punched Russell Crowe in the head." Awesome. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm gonna do a spoiler here. So uh, okay, skip forward a second if you don't want to hear this, or I don't even care whether you do or don't. Um, so, Man of Steel. My lovely fiance points out this brilliantly large plot hole that you could drive a semi through. Oh, nice. The planet of Krypton is about to die. Right. It's imploding. They know it's imploding. Right. But they sentence these nine criminals to the Phantom Zone. So let's just put them in space in a black hole while the planet is going to die. So we're going to take the criminals and make them the last surviving people of our race who are going to be released in 300 cycles for their crime while everyone else on the freaking planet burns. Nice. Good call on that one. It is one of the dumbest. You know what I think isn't about... It, Holly- isn't that what happened in the, in the the original Superman series? Yeah, but not not to this level. I mean, oh, okay. It's just, no, I mean, um, in the comic book, Zod is exiled before the planet goes. Right. We, like, I don't... The, the original series. The, yeah, yeah. The, the original movie series. Even in the original the- movies, he was, they were still exiled way before the planet blew up or they okay. knew about it. All right, all right. The fact that they knew about it was a giant... I'm just getting to the point with, with Hollywood movies in general and Disney in particular, but I mean, all of them, everything, big blockbuster things. Can they get an effing editor in there to look at these movies to go and just say... You know, we have a few logical plot holes we'd like to bring up about this. Yeah. Can we, can we maybe deal with these? Like, why is Lois Lane, a reporter for the Daily Planet, on the freaking bomber ship that's about to, to drop a bomb on in the, in the movie? There was no reason for her to be there. She has no military training. You know, there was no reason at all for her to be there except for her to be saved by Superman. Right, exactly. And, and Amy Adams, I'll give her credit. You know, I actually forgot until after the movie that it was Amy Adams. <laughs> okay, all right. So, all right, good call there. So, on Amy Adams and Disney News, Muppets has a new uh, title. Oh, yeah? It's now uh, The Muppets Again. Okay. I guess is the name of the movie. But no, the second, The Muppets sequel is coming soon. So. Oh, that's fun. So, what did you think of the first one? The first one was definitely very Muppets. After I saw the the first movie, I had to go out and buy the first two seasons of The Muppet Show. And then rewatch the original Muppet movie and The Great Muppet Caper. And, you know, like, so it's very Muppets. In a, in a, you know, like, because the Muppets are really much very klutz. Like, because I went and watched it and I was like, this is kind of dumb. And then I went and watched the original Muppets and I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah, it's very much the original. (laughs) Um, So tying that back uh, to our Disney time, we just, uh, yesterday celebrated in a, Oh, wow, I'm going to be editing coughing like a son of a gun. We'll wait for these skateboarders to go by. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday at the Disneyland Resort, we celebrated a milestone, the 50th anniversary of the Enchanted Tiki Room. The Enchanted Tiki Room. How did we get to 50? First of all, I mean, obviously there's the Walt's been gone now for, 
you know, nearly 50 years. Almost, that on yeah. That on its own is a huge issue. Bring him back, I say, you know. Right, yeah. They give a holographic Tupac, you got to have a holographic Waltz at some point. Exactly. So. Granted, he wouldn't have any original material. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 50th anniversary of Tiki. Now, you, do you work Tiki, I'm assuming? I we did. All did. I worked Tiki Room, you, yeah. Do, do I recall you worked a bit of Tiki? Um... Yeah, I did Tiki enough that, that it was ingrained. and yeah. yeah. I had a summer there where I opened, like, every morning for three or four months. I think I closed it pretty regularly. Yeah. yeah. I, I had uh, three New Year's Eves in the Tiki Room. Oh, my gosh. That was, I honestly, I love that shift. New Year's Eve in the Tiki Room was amazingly Well, fun. yeah, you got great seats for the fireworks show. And yeah. the, we were basically closed for the fireworks, well, right? The, you know, thing. yeah, basically. But things got crazy with Disney later on when uh, New Year's Eve became more and more about... Um, having all the bands and sound stages in the park. And, you know, I remember the park really became about these giant band stages and countdowns. And, you know, once California Adventure opened, it got to be really super crazy. Um, but I remember even back in the day when, you, you know, you just had the countdown in front of the castle and that was it. That and you had a fantastic countdown that a show that ended right before New Year's. Oh, that's neat. Um, but yeah, Tiki was a great place to, yeah. to roll that. So, fiftieth uh, anniversary. What was your? I mean, what was? I mean, how did you see the Tiki room? I, we haven't talked a lot about Tiki in the time, and all the jungle skips were trained there. Yeah, and there, that and the the Tarzan Street House. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tarzan Street House. Um, I actually did a uh, so the Tiki room. Um, Tiki room was fun. The elevator sucked. That lift to get yep. the, the the ADA elevator. Um, uh, I had to do a lot of running around to get it to go up and down on the other sides. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. If the customer or if the guest was inept, um, the uh, I did like the Dole pineapple whips. Yeah, I would I would take any that, that got left behind. Yeah, or I forgotten think we, or... I think we we all loved when we uh, would have the end of the night and they'd be a little extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had yeah, someone yeah. there who was trying to flirt with you, and you know, and you're like, oh, really? You need oh, oh, that's so sweet of okay, you. Thanks. thanks. Yeah, two, I appreciate it. I want it. three cherries, by the way. Yeah, in case. Right? You only gave me two. <laughs> I have standards here. <laughs> exactly. Um, the the clacking of the of the oh. the animatronics. Um, I mean, like it was neat to be able to go in and see the animatronics. Um, I was always really impressed with the fact that it was the uh, Lion King dressed in drag song that they sang <laughs> in the Tiki Room. Or, sorry, sorry the, that that's what the Lion King dressed in drag song is based yep. off of is yep. the Tiki Room song, which I thought was really cool. Um, Hummingbird. So, um, but and, it was... and the and, and the ADD kicks in, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, um, so you know, like um, the sh- the shirts were awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hated wearing those pants because they were they were um, thunder pants, and I wasn't trained on thunder, and so I only had to wear those pants when I wore tiki when yeah. I wore tiki, and I hated those pants. Yeah. I hated most of Disney pants in general, but you know that's just Disney. I like the culottes; they were nice and roomy. Yeah, in the, I love the culottes in the space for the guys. I actually <laughs> they had a little extra give in the crotch. Yeah, yeah. And that was a nice uh, nice thing for me. I was really tempted to steal a pair of culottes and make a pattern off of them because I think they would be really fabulous for like steampunk costumes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going you to know, call up Kimmy and see, yeah, Kimmy, are you still working on the park? You know, Carrie, can give me a pair of culottes. Just you know? give me a pattern. Yeah, Just, a pattern yeah. for the culottes. Because, you know, buying it online is like, you know, 60 bucks. I don't want to pay that much kind of money. <laughs> the, um, yeah, Tiki was, I mean, it was a fun place to work. But it's, I remember the uh, the rehab before the 35th, they they spruced it up pretty heavily. Yeah, before yeah. the Before the 45th. The 45th. Missed that, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but they, uh, they spruced it up in, in 2008 pretty heavily and... 
I really uh, liked it when the uh, the guest services folks came through with their like tour of the tiki room, and then they yep. got put on the gloves and pulled out the Ophelia, Ophelia, and uh, played with her. She was really pretty, and and it was really neat to be able to see all the like so, ins and so outs. Fill, and fill people, and basically, Ophelia is a uh, production latex um, flower orchid that is like one of the tiki room orchids. That was uh, disassembled and put in a little plastic box so that when they were giving tours of the tiki room, the guests could understand, you know, what the technology was and how it went together. How it went together. Because, and, and, right, the flowers were like the original um, animatronic before yeah. Great Moments well, with Mr. Lincoln. They didn't, yeah, they didn't want guests directly touching the flowers or yeah, anything yeah. along those lines. Um, it got to be the point where the, the summer that I was working, guest relations got so used to seeing me that they would just turn the guests over to me and then they would just do Ophelia and I would give the, the front tours and just kind of explain what was going on with the show and give the history of it and yeah it was nice yeah and then they then presented uh, by our friends at Dole uh, unfortunately what's happened is because it's a very easy attraction on uh, work disabilities uh, the Tiki Room has become where they tend to give a lot of uh, work leave for people who have medical disabilities so it's and because there's only usually one to two cast members there at a time. I remember the day when you would have one person there for the whole day, basically. Yeah, I well, mean, you know, and, and and I think so. I when I first started at the Jungle, I would work at the Tiki Room pretty regularly, and then um, uh, some folks came down with major injuries, and then it was like there were like six people that rotated through the the Enchanted Tiki Room because yep. they were had some kind of whatever, and then I only pulled a tiki shift if, like, they needed coverage because I was super flexible. So I was like, eh, yeah, you know, you need me to be here, you need me to be there, I can do that, you know, because like, I didn't have a life outside of Disney, so, you know. Yeah, a lot of us didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I missed working Disney when that, when it became, or working uh, tiki when that became... Yeah, the place but to put them. at that point, I had indie knowledge, and, you know, and I had Lincoln knowledge with my from my first time around, mm-hmm, so... Mm-hmm. Both of those times, I, I didn't miss because I enjoyed being rotated around a little bit. So, but it's crazy to think it's been fifty years. Yeah, okay. And, and right. the, the show has held up. Thank God they closed that abomination in Walt Disney World. Oh, did they? Thank God. Oh yeah, it's gone. Oh good. I yes. don't know a single person. It actually caught fire. Did it really? That's had, exciting. Yes, and I would like to uh, officially proclaim I had nothing to do with that, <laughs> other than ill intentions and bad karma. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh yeah, it was terrible. I you know, I, rem- I vaguely remember seeing it. Vaguely. Animatronic Iago and yeah. animatronic Zazu yeah, and no. it was Oof. terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great way to put it in context for like the younger generation who hadn't had the opportunity to experience. But I yeah, yeah. no, there was nothing good about it. Let's not even try to justify oh, okay, it. Okay, all, right, all right, all right. It was one of the worst ideas that they've ever had. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what did you think about Steam Trains? I mean, I Steam Trains was a was lot it? of fun. Um, I know you trained over there. I did. I, tr- I, I did the training over there um, just before I left in uh, uh, December of 2008. I uh, was doing training there. I was working weekends and training. Um, and uh, so Steam Trains was a lot of fun. I think the greatest thing about Steam Trains was actually playing with the engines and talking with the engineers and, um, and then playing in the diorama. You know, yeah. so like, so I'm not necessarily the 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 trains themselves, you know, like doing it because it's, you know, 20 minutes around the park, welcome aboard, bienvenidos a Porto, you know, like it was just kind yeah. of, um, yeah, the, uh, that's, that's how I impress all of my friends with my Spanish is I give them the, the Spanish digits. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I have a friend who has the, um, the Matterhorn, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. famous one. Siéntense, por favor. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, t- uh, trains, I, I always wanted to learn it and it never was... 
It was a when I just before I left, it was a cross train only attraction. When I hired in, it was a, a, hired, a new hire, a new yeah. hire attraction. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, but working the trains was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you, trains is definitely one of those places that had like the people that had been there for forever. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, like there was a guy who hired in the year I was born and as this college job and you know like so he worked every summer there and graduated from college with his mm-hmm. whatever it was and went to his first interview and bombed it and swore he'd never interview again yep. and has been at the trains ever since and Main, Main Street Vehicles was also that way where there yeah. were Main Street Vehicles there were a lot of guys who'd been there since the days of yore right oh yeah and they have you know like like so if you look at the commercials you can name every guy that is riding the fire truck because they're all the ones that have been there for forever um you know and then uh uh, especially the one that looks like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yep. He does when he wears his Jungle Cruise hat. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, and he played it up all the time, too. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, and some of the stories that they would tell about celebrities that they would get, because they always pull out the fire truck for the celebrities. And, you know, so the stories about the Princess Diaries and the stories about, you yep. know, the celebrities that played with that, that was all, you know, like, really? They Really? Okay. You know. Yep. So. But. Um. So, yeah, I mean, uh, before we jump into the big topic that I, I, one of the things I want to talk to you about, which is Dream Squad, uh-huh. uh, let's just do in West Side, interesting, fun stories. Do you have any great guest moments that really stood out for you? I did a private cruise for Diane Lane. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Diane Lane, her sister, and then two adolescents, and I don't know if they were like Diane's Lane, Diane Lane's daughter See, and, and, be- and because and, and because you're excited about this, I can tell uh, what your gender is. <laughs> because I don't think many of the male Jungle Cruise skippers would have cared about Diane Lane. It was it was one of my fr- few private cruises with a celebrity. So, like, I could say that, that I did that one, Darren. Okay. And, and um, so, like, I also did um, a cruise, and it was not a private cruise, with um, two of the three Lawrence brothers. So, oh. Joey Lawrence and um, the youngest, Andy Whoa. Lawrence. Right, Exactly. My biggest problem was is that the entire cruise, Joey Lawrence spent talking with his father-in-law, with his dad, with yeah, his producer, than, with his what, rather than paying attention so, to. The, so he was behaving like a regular guest at the park and ignoring the Jungle Cruise. Right. Exactly. So like I basically did the entire cruise, and, and my biggest problem with it was is that okay, so you're right here in the front, and you're talking so loud that I don't know that if anybody in the back can hear my jokes, and the little girl that's sitting next to me who's really interested in this isn't old enough to understand it, and I don't know that mom's paying any attention and this yep. and the other thing, and so yep. and so at one point I was really tempted to like whoa a zebra makes for the fact that I wasn't sure how that would come off and I yeah. didn't want to be like, okay, let's point and so, you yeah. know. When, when in doubt, just stick with what you know. <laughs> right, and... Exactly. So I did not you know, pull that one off. And But uh, um, let's see now. Other exciting things that happened. West Side Attractions. Um, yeah. well, I just always like to stick to, you know, big memories. I, the I, things uh, that, stories you tell people about the parks. I um, worked the uh, uh, both the Pirates two and the Pirates three premiere, hmm. which was a lot of fun. You I know, Pirate, Pirates one and Pirates two. Yeah, and uh, the Pirates um, two premiere. Um, I actually made friends with a guest because she was there at like six thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Can I give you my email address?" And you like snapfish me your photos. So I have all photos of all of it because they wouldn't let us have cameras on stage, right, obviously. Right. So they let us. So you know, I exchanged information with her. So I have photos of like all the celebrities and this and the other fun stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then. Um, at the end of the night, uh, one of the leads confiscated a uh, one of the banners, one of the posters, 
from yep. a guest and handed it to me and I was like, you realize I'm off in like five minutes and he's like, eh, whatever. So I walked out of the park with a banner in my hand. Like I didn't try and hide it or anything. If somebody had said, hey, you're not supposed to be leaving the park with that, I totally would have given it up. Like no harm, no foul. I walked out of the park with that banner. <laughs> and I think I ended up giving it to someone to over the friends, but it was like yeah. definitely one of those like perks of working at Disney. <laughs> what um I'm let this plane go by. Seattle is loud. Yes. Screaming children, skateboarders, airplanes, big trucks. As we do out, outside taping, that's always the dangers of it. Still not as bad as Temecula. Yeah. Taping <laughs> taping next to a motorcycle rally that was the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, that was, uh, we called that episode Adventures in Editing. Yeah. Um, I think The Lone Ranger is shaping up to be another, like, let's just shove this franchise down your throat because you like Pirates of the Caribbean. It just really just stinks like that. Well, you know, and I have a hard problem viewing The Lone Ranger as anyone, uh, like, the guy who plays The Lone Ranger, and I don't remember his name off the top Army of my Hammer. Head. There you go. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes. Um, um, but, uh, uh, he... So, but I can't see him as anything other than the evil big brother in Reaper. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He's the evil. He's the evil, good-looking big yeah. brother in Reaper. I totally forgot about that. Yes. So I have a hard time of seeing him yeah. as this like clean-cut, like law-abiding citizen because I see him as the older big brother in Reaper. Yeah, who's like, Reaper was a great show. I Ca- love that catch show. that on Netflix or Hulu if you have, if you want a good a good two season watch. Yeah. That's one of those ones that shouldn't have died out as quick as it was. It was really fabulous. Yeah. I really liked well it. Well written. And... Yes, yes. Um, but I just feel like they're really pushing this down our throats. Yeah. You I, know, you know, I think that Johnny Depp's probably going to do a pretty good job at it just because he's Johnny Depp, but I well, don't know that, that you, it's going to be a great... We say that, but I mean, I'll tell you, up here in Seattle, I've read, because we were up in, um, up in the Olympic rainforest, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the Native Americans... Are not happy with that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And it's absolutely. Because he's because he's you know it's he's not. How, how many parts come around every decade that are written for a Native American actor to play a Native American like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this gets pushed on because Johnny Depp wants this movie made and he wants to be the star of it, and he's pushing a lot of the production dollars. So it gets to be his movie, and yeah. it really should be going to a Native American. Which, you know, that not to say anything positive for that vampire series, they did a good job of pulling for the hey, local... Twilight was... <laughs> yeah. We drove through Forks on the way back, and oh I wanted... Oh, God. I was there... For, first of all, everything is named in, like, a pun. Twilight Firewood. And, you know, I'm just like, I want to slip my wrist within 10 seconds <laughs> of being in this town. Oh, my God. Well, Twilight you know, Realty. Twilight <sighs> Tours. Yes, well, you know, and 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 because I first heard of Twilight before the first movie came out, because I had I do Girl Scouts. Props to me, um, <laughs> and I had a girl in the troop. She that it was in Southern California, and I. <laughs> you really want to say something absolutely I, horrible? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I've done a few Girl Scouts too, but that sounds really bad. It does, it does. And that's being edited out. Um, so, so. It was just, I mean, not while they were Girl Scouts. Right, yes. Uh-huh. Much later in life when they were, you know. Adults. Adults. I want to be clear about that. Um, so I had, uh, so I had a group of girls and one of them was, you know, like, I've okay. had a group of girls too, <laughs> enough. Like, You're awful. 
So I had a group of Girl Scouts that I was leading because I was a Girl Scout leader, and we were wanting to know where they were going for. They wanted, did they want to plan a trip somewhere? And this girl pipes up, "I want to go to Forks, Washington." And I kind of do this double take because I'm from Washington. And I'm like, Forks, Washington. And I had to look it up, and I'm like, Forks is in the middle of nowhere. Like, I kid you not, it but, is. Yeah, it until, is three and, hours from the closest city, and, let alone town. And unless you, know? you knew that that was where they filmed those movies, there was no reason to ever go there. Or wrote the books. The books are all based there. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, did, now, you, have you ever been to Aberdeen? Yes. Went through Aberdeen for the first time. Got to see the uh, the Come As You Are sign, the Kurt Cobain sign. Yeah. That made me a little happy. Yeah. And then I went to a Star Wars memorabilia shop that's there. Oh, my God. That was one of the most painful experiences of my life. Oh, yeah? I cannot express to you... Full if of Jar Jar, huh? If you're ever in... No, no, no. This, the guy who runs this is a little off his rocker. <laughs> and there are pictures of him with his Princess Leia tattoo with Carrie Fisher. And he has just stuff laying everywhere. And he has Simpsons memorabilia and, I mean, Star Trek and, I mean, tons of stuff. It, it looks like he had a giant garage full of all of his collectibles. And his wife said, you need to sell this. Go open up a store. <laughs> But apparently, the store's been there long enough that it was where Kurt Cobain used to go hang out when he was skateboarding. And, you know, so there's a the memorial wall there for Kurt. I just, I, oh my God, I drove through it and it was like all of the worst stereotypes from Comic-Con. Like if Clive Barker did a movie about guys who collect Star Wars figures, it just, it was just like terrifying. It was just, ugh. So anyway, so if you're ever in Aberdeen, I would tell you to go in, but be a little cautious. And Comic book guy gone totally wrong, it's, huh? Yeah, it's a little... They had they had Spaceballs playing, and they had a Pizza the Hut, and they had a guy who had taken a real pizza uh-huh. and shaped it into the shape of Pizza the Hut and put in false teeth and eyeballs into it. Ooh, icky. It had dried for the years... Years. Oh, God. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Atrocious. Yeah, that would be. Uh, your Midwest came out on that. Oh, no. <laughs> you got a little Fargo on that one. Uh, I used to work from, uh, I used to work with a gal, and she was from, she was from Wisconsin. Yeah, she that just custom, came. She did customer service from Wisconsin. That came out a little bit there. For a there. A little, little North Dakota there for a second. Right, yeah, no, and uh, what's really funny is that I have been raised predominantly here in Washington. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to the really, the, the big topic. I got distracted there by the Lone Ranger. Fair enough. Um, Dream Squad. So during the 50th anniversary celebration... Uh, Disney created this elite group of paratroopers and ninjas uh-huh. uh, who would be able to counter any threat yes. and who were sent uh, to various parts of the world to quell uprisings uh, against the Disney uh, land of things. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the, okay, so the Dream Squad. The Dream Squad was basically this elite group of highly trained military. I think they were like the A-team. Right, for uh, Disney. For Disney. Yes. Uh, you were allowed to carry weapons in the park. <laughs> Uh, and by those weapons, it was usually a little uh, book of tickets that you could use to make any dream come true. Yes, and a pouch and a satchel of pins and maps and um, all kinds of other goodies. Um, yeah, I'm, I need to make sure I link uh, Joey and Trevor did a fantastic Dream Squad group of uh, videos. I'll I'll have to link those up on the, nice. the webpage for that. Yeah. But yeah, if... Um, uh, I gotta remember his YouTube handle, Unsinkable TK. Okay, all right. Uh, is I believe the YouTube handle for uh, 
all of those videos that are out there. So yeah, so the Dream Squad, um, I did it for a three month stint because it was that was a, it was a short it uh, was a short temporary and it was very, assignment. Very hard to get into more than one, particularly consecutively. They wanted fresh blood every three months so that there wasn't any uh, anyone who was um, bitter or they wanted fresh faces and new energy and real high go-getters go-getters and people who were really out there doing things to make the park experience better for the guests for everybody yes and it was um so dream squad was a lot of fun in that you know unlike when you worked your eight-hour shift at steam trains you got to work steam trains you got to work that train all day you know holiday four woohoo um you know with dream squad it was okay you're gonna be in Disney's California Adventure Bugs Land for the first four hours, and then you're going to meet back here for your drop. And and we, you know, when when we were given our assignments that morning, we had no idea what our drop was. We just knew that we needed to be back to do our drop. Yep. And so you know, we would go and we would spend time in Bugs Land, and we weren't really confined were, to Bugs Land. We were kind of area greeters, right? We were with, with a little bit of an extra ability to do things outside of the realm of regular cast members. Absolutely. So, you know, for example, one time I was in Fantasyland and, you know, you see somebody and they're not having a good time. And you can tell those people they're not having a good time. And so, you know, I don't remember why they weren't having a great time, but I fast-passed them on to um, the Big Thunder and then I got them a re-ad for Matterhorn because Matterhorn was down. So a readmit to Matterhorn. So it was basically like, you know, okay, so these are these things here, and if you meet me at 4 o'clock, I'll take you over to this over here, and we'll make it fabulous for you. You know, so it was really being able to make a good time better or to be able to take a bad time and turn yeah. that frown upside down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was really magical. Oh, no, it was a fantastic... <laughs> You know, granted, we can say that it's been eight years later. Uh-huh. Ticket prices have now more than doubled since that point. Oh yeah. And they don't have anyone doing anything like that anymore. I, I think, yeah, I think that it was an amazing thing for the 50th anniversary. I'm glad it ran a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wish that they were in a position that they would keep on doing things like that because I think that would that brought something to the park that was individualized and personalized. Uh, the other problem is that there are, you know, there are no points when the park is not jammed anymore. Yeah. That's I mean, very even, true. Even even when you're we're getting into 2010 and, and 2009. And I've heard it that it started you, getting packed, but there's no off season anymore. Right. And I've heard that you can't you have to return during the hour that your fast pass states. You can't yeah, come back they, any later than that. Yeah, you know, it used to be that you could come back anytime after your fast pass had begun. Yeah. They now have limited to that you have to be within that window. I don't think any cast member is going to not let you through five minutes late. Um, but I think that they are really getting tight for the later and later things. And I think it's, I understand it that they're looking at it from a logistical viewpoint. Um, but they're just putting too many people through in too small number of attractions. Well, and one of the things that the Dream Squad told us was, was okay, so any family visiting Disneyland Park, we only expect them to visit ten attractions. Ten attractions. During and the that's, entire day. And during the entire day. So if you go for one day, we expect you to go to, you know, maybe six rides, a show, a meal, uh, you know, like we expect you to do ten, ten things. things. Not, yeah. not even ten attractions. Not even ten attractions, right? Yeah, including, ten dine, including dining, including... Shows, yeah. including, you know, whatever. In, in one day, we expect you to do ten things in the park. Well, and that's... The sad thing is that that's become the normal. Yeah. You know, and that's... 
And I think that, and that's if someone's staying an entire day in the park. Yeah. You know, that's on a 12-hour day. It's, I really think that the, the average is one per hour. Yeah, um, I, yeah, and I totally would buy that, yeah. And, you know, I remember the, the, how it used to be where in the off-season, we'd ride Indy five times in an hour, six times in an hour. Yeah, Indy had a really great queue in that it was very quick to get through. Yeah, and now the Indy queue on days in the, the middle of February will have the outside queue full and a 75-minute wait on a Tuesday in Holy February. Toledo. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, you know, and we've talked about the, you know with the park prices going up and up and up, you know, you kind of wonder if part of that is to discourage the number of people who are coming in the park so that the people who are there have a more magical experience. Yeah, that would definitely be true. I, I don't know if that, that's, you know, that's conspiracy theory in tinfoil hat land, but, you know, we're... <laughs> we'll share them together. It's okay. But, but we're getting to a point where, you know, there is no off-season. There's no point to relax for cast members. Um, you know, and what, sorry, I was looking at the possible clouds that were gathering over us. It is Seattle, I guess. They're everywhere. It's very true, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, on the Dream Squad side, I mean, you know, you got to see some magical things and, and I create did. those events. And um, I gave away one of the, the one of my first giveaways. Um, one of the great things about me when we're, when I was working on the Dream Squad is that one of my one of my best friends in the area was one of my leads. So, you know, like she was one of the first bracket Dream Squad. She got promoted to lead for the for the second cycle of Dream Squad. And so when I came in on the second cycle, she was one of my leads. And so that was really awesome sure. to be able to go out with her and have her. So when um, one of my first drops, when I awarded the uh, Mickey Mouse penthouse, so yep. before they opened up the... Before the Dream Suite opened the, up in the, the park. Before the Dream Suite in the park, right, they opened up the Mickey Mouse penthouse. So I gave that away to, like, it was like first thing in the morning on um, Small World. And it was, you know, like it was this couple from, like, Canada. It was their last day in the park. They were checking out at 11. And we got them an extra day in the park, basically, like, because they got to stay in the hotel. And so, like, they got an extra night and they could check out at their other hotel and not lose any money. And yeah. it was it was really kind of awesome to be able to do that for them. And and I, I would feel bad if, it, if you give it away on a drop and the people had a flight leaving that, like, 8 o'clock that night. Oh, that would suck. Oh, Yeah. Well, you just won this amazing prize. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that is that you could have taken a cash value. Yeah. So, so they yeah. did have like the cash value option. This is what we want to give you. It's get rated at a cash value of this. Yeah. So you know, like if you can't get it, then yeah, that we'll, situation might. Yeah. Have um, but you know, and I think it was it was a great um, it was a great thing for the cast members as well because I think it definitely created an aura of spirit and, and a real positive energy throughout the park at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I still wish they were doing some, something that was in that vein. Um, do you feel like that you got the support of the, the cast when you were there, when you were, as far as from just the, the cast on the ground, did they see it in a positive light, or did they see it as those elitist jerks who get to do something fun that we don't get to do? No, I, you know, like, like I, I definitely live my life with rose-colored glasses, I'll admit that. Um, I do see the realities in some situations, but I want to say that, that everybody that, that I interacted with on, you know, like, who was working their regular job at Disneyland Park seemed to have a really positive outlook for what I was doing. You know, like, you know, like, hey, I want to make somebody's day better. Will you help me? And they would be more than willing to go through and do that. I will say that one of the most memorable times that I had on the Dream Squad was, you know, I'm following the um, pre-parade show. 
So the the family that won the night safe in the penthouse, they get to ride inside of the fire truck. Sure. They get followed by all the fancy face characters and fuzzies. And in the pre-parade show, which happens 10 minutes before the, the final parade of the afternoon. And I'm following the pre, pre-parade show, and I'm waving to small children, and I'm pin trading, and I'm this and the other thing. And here is this group of young adults who are cheering for all their worth for whoever's inside of the fire truck. And you know that they have no idea who those people are in the fire truck, but they are cheering like that was the president. Yep. And it was, okay, so you guys are obviously all together. Where are you from? And they're like, well, we're a, we're an, we're a youth group camp, so we just got finished doing our summer camp experience, and now we're here blowing off steam before we go back to real life, that sort of thing. And so, you know, like this group of like, it was like 80 kids. Yeah. So I took them on the Jungle Cruise. I got them good seating for the fireworks. I took them and got them seating for Fantasia. I got them seating for, um, they got their own elevator on, um, which is pretty easy to do for the... Uh, Tower of Terror. Uh, not the Tower... I, I didn't do Tower of Terror because Eric, who was also on the Jungle Cruise, who worked um, Pirates and uh, Haunted Mansion. Yep. Help me out with this group of people. And so it was, so the two of us basically took this group of kids under our wing and we got them, you know, like we showed them a great time at Disneyland. And it was, you know, like, thank you for sharing your energy here at the park. Um, I took them over to um, the stage in Tomorrowland and we they did a line dance to a song that was playing on like the radio. That's that's great stuff. (laughs) You know, like it was super fun. And in thank you, they gave me a t-shirt that they had all signed and it was it was super entertaining and, and so you know it was really neat to be able to take that group of kids and yeah. and make their experience because they were obviously at Disney on a budget and mm-hmm. they were you know trying to make the best of the what they had and they were there as a group so it was you know like and we didn't give them like you know we didn't mm-hmm. give them seats up at the main street station for the fireworks no no, no. we said okay you're going to meet me here right here in the hub of like where all of the lands meet yep. you're going to meet me here at the hub and we're going to get your this is where your spot's going to be for the fireworks you know like that was it was just kind of really cool to be able yep. to do that and they gave me a t-shirt at the end of it that everybody had signed that I regretfully well I'm not really regretfully like the time has come the t-shirt got donated like a kid you not last week because <laughs> I was like I really don't need this t-shirt anymore like it was good memories and I have it written down in my little journal and yep yeah. well and that's the thing I, I, you know I think we all at the end of the day we, we take away the memories and you know we are able to to look back on it with fond times and you know we all have the small things and it's probably just as much of a memory for those people as it was for you yeah so I think that they they probably had just as good of a time you know with their experience and that's that was the whole point of the dream squad yeah Absolutely. So I, I wish that they would. I wish they could still do something along that lines. I know there were a lot of legal challenges. Uh, yeah, there were so, a lot of hurdles. Yeah, well, because it was a, a third party company in Chicago that actually planned the drops. Yeah. So we basically gave them like a series of locations, and they basically said, "This is how you're yeah, going to make was, the drop." It was random lawyers, so that Disney wasn't accused of any favoritism, right? Because it had to be run like a lottery, right? So it was. So that morning we would yeah, get we like talk, an email. We, yeah, we don't. We, 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 we don't want to go. One of the things I've learned is that there's certain things we don't want to go into. That's probably the details. We yeah, don't yeah. even know that. The, the, um, the nitty gritty. Yeah, but you know, it um, it really gave an opportunity to stretch what the park was about, and I think it was it was the most spirit I saw there. Yeah, wonderfully successful. So, I thought. Yeah. yeah, it would be great for them to do more things like that, but uh, we'll see where that rolls. Yeah. So, so th- nice. things are good though. Yeah. So I actually. Um, 
used the Jungle Cruise for a job interview recently. Yeah, I, I hear from more people that it, when it's on their resume that it's something that they always are asked about. I actually did a, um, I, so I interviewed for a training position and I was supposed to give a 10 or seven to 10 minute presentation on the topic of my choice. Uh-huh. And I did how to be a jungle cruise skipper. And that was my, that was my seven to 10 minute presentation. I pulled pictures off the interwebs and, um, you know, like, and did, did you get the job? I did not get the job. They gave it to somebody else. Oh, uh, well. Probably because my dad also works the same job and they didn't want us working together. Okay. <laughs> little things like that. Little things like that. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the Jungle Cruise then. Right, exactly. Right. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, then that would have been awful. Right, right. That would have been a horrible story to tell. <laughs> right. No, no, no. That would be awful. Yeah, no, no. I wouldn't have told that story, yeah, so. Yeah, no. Yes, yeah, so, no, yeah. My my dad and I technically work together in different departments, and so um, I, I will say that that is definitely a disadvantage, is that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Family is always a challenging thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in some ways it's really awesome, and in some ways it's totally, like, yeah. We're, you know, we're getting closer. Well, let's just, let's walk. Okay. We'll walk down to the car and we'll keep on talking as we go. Okay. Sounds good. So, we'll try to get the microphone to uh, stay at the same kind of range. Okay. I just have a crazy, you know, I have a crazy idea that I've had kicking around in the back of my head for a while, so. Okay. Okay. We'll see where this goes. We'll see how sensitive that the microphone is, so. Okay. But, um, you know, Seattle is a gorgeous place. I really desperately wish that uh, I could live here. But there's this silly thing like, you know, jobs and the fact that my fiancé hates the cold and the fact that she doesn't have a job here. But I love Seattle. I grew up here. Um, it's one of my favorite towns in the world. It's been We've been here almost a week. Yeah. It's been the best beer and the best food and the best time that we've had, uh, you know, in, in our whole relationship. So That is so good to hear. Because yep. uh, I, I really do love it here in Washington. That is one reason why I ended up leaving Disney was to yep. come back to my home state of Washington. To your stomping grounds. It is. Um, what's really funny, though, is that because I grew up an hour south in Olympia, I only really came up to Seattle when we had out-of-town visitors. Yeah. So it was, it, wasn't, it was a treat. It wasn't like an everyday thing. Right. And so the hidden gems of the city I haven't really experienced until I started dating my most current boyfriend who comes out here and he shoots a um, fashion show like once a month. Yeah. So that's what he does out here and he shoots a fashion show and then we come up to the the city and we go do things um so i've been to more um you know about more seattle, and, and more seattle stuff lately, yeah exactly oh absolutely you know did i do more seattle stuff i'm actually scheduled to come out to uh dinner out here to go to a brazilian um grill yeah brazilian steakhouse yeah barbecue. and it's gonna be awesome uh, my boyfriend is big on the Groupons. It's a ah. great deal. Great deal. Kick, uh, uh, I wasn't and, uh, even aware that Groupon still was doing something. It's not big in Seattle. And it's big everywhere, but it's, I don't know. I, I think the Groupon kind of peaked. Really? So, yeah. It's like Daily Social and all that. Those are pretty much gone. And Really? We do the Living Socials and the Groupons all the time. Yep. So it's, it's um, and they, they are a great benefit to us. And mm-hmm. I've got another one. I'm going to do a cheese making class. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, in August. And um, with my mother. We're going to go make goat cheese and brie. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I, already, I already made the cheddar and so, uh, uh, mozzarella. I'm great that, you, uh, that you're seeming to have a very cultured life here. Yeah. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that it's super cultured, you uh, know. Uh, way to go is yeah. all I have to say about yeah. that. Way to go. Yeah. Those are cheese jokes. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> Culture's brie, way. Brie, brie who you have to breathe. Right, exactly. 
<laughs> if it's good enough, good enough for you, it's good enough for me. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of something. I just, I'm just not that it's quick. It's okay. Okay. I, I can see how there could be holes in your memory like Swiss cheese. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's see if... Let's, let's see, see if she if, found the car. Yeah, she's probably lost. Uh, I'd wanted to just, like, talk to random people on the street about Disney and the Jungle Cruise, but so far all I've seen are people who are uh, itinerant uh, that are down on their luck, and it does not look good for that. So. Yeah, that's very true. There she is. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we found her. Oh, that's good. I'm so glad. This is our first mobile edition of Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, and you really don't want to ask these people over here. They look like they just got out of the uh, Yeah, I don't joint. think th- I don't think that they've been to... I don't think they've been to Disneyland. Yeah, no, uh-uh. So, yeah, see, I mean, the, you know, the World's Fair, the 62 World's Fair, you know, just before the 64 in New York when Walt uh, unveiled all the animatronics, but the Seattle World's Fair was a big thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Seattle monorail was the, the Disney Mark I monorail. Well, and they just celebrated their 50th anniversary, so you missed the Golden Space Needle, so now it's back was to it, white, was, thank was God. It was a Golden Space Needle? It was, they painted the very top God, gold. Just Talk about like, lifting from Disney. Right. Well, because they're because they that was how it was originally painted yeah, when yeah, they yeah. started umpteen gajillion years ago, right? Years and years ago. All so, right. Yeah. Well, we're coming here to the car, and the acoustics are terrible, and all that. So um, okay. This, you know, let's not wait another five years. All right. Definitely. Yes. So. Yes. So we'll uh, we'll get you. Uh, guys, as always, the kind of wrap-up stuff on Tales from the Jungle Cruise, um, if you have not yet done so, head over to Facebook. It's a new technology. Uh, a lot of people are using it. I don't know if you've heard of it yet. Uh, you want to go over to ta- uh, facebook.com slash junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S. If you are on the Twitter, we are at Skipcast, S-K-I-P-C-A-S-T. We uh, talk about our stuff and also our friends Joey and Trevor over at Joey and Trevor Talk to Each Other. Uh, they're out there, too. We're, we're both on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. So if you haven't had a chance to check them out, they're also fantastic Skippery Casty member stuff. So, All right, guys. Well, that's it for this episode. we got a ton of stuff in the hopper. Uh, I don't even know when this is going to go up. Probably August by the time we get done with this. i got, I got like 20 episodes to stick up in the next few months uh, every week. But, guys, uh, it's been a fantastic time here in Seattle. Thanks to Skipper Cap. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, in the Internet Adventure Lands and Kungaloosh.